Hi, everybody. Welcome. I'm Liap, and uh, you can see over there in another score, perhaps, my colleague, Kate Richards-Geller. Um, we're going to jump in right into a little bit of music at the top um, before we go deeper into who we are. And I want you to know that right now, what we're about to do for this next few minutes is uh, it's for you. It's for you to take what you need, take a little bit of musical medicine today. That's what we're about. So I'm going to sing, but I'm encouraging you all to sing along. Some of you, if you joined us before, you may have learned the song before, if you heard of us before. It's one of our anthems with the words written in our programs back in Skid Row. So if you've never heard of us before, well, you get to be inducted into the family with this song. So here it comes. I've got the patience to inhale, exhale. I've got the energy to sing. I've got the strength to keep on going so I can rise again, rise again. So that's the words. And Kate just put them in uh, the chat box for you guys, but I'm also gonna try to share my screen really quick so you guys can have a, also on the front of the page to see if I, got, if I get it right. Let's try this. If you've got it, a sense of the melody, sing along. If not, actively listen one more time. I've got the patience to inhale, exhale. I've got the energy to sing. I've got the strength to keep on going so I can rise again. All right, be a little brave and try it out for yourselves. Ready? I've got the patience to inhale, exhale. I've got the energy to sing. I've got the strength to keep on going so I can rise again, rise again. So now some of you guys may be wondering why is he singing at me or am I supposed to do something? Um, some of you might be thinking, I've never sung before. I don't know what's going on. Or some of you might be thinking like, this is Zoom, I'm muted. Why should I be singing? <laughs> Even though we're all muted for a second, I, you're not only gonna encourage you to sing, but if you're feeling very brave, um, be consider, consider opening your video for a second. And so that we, you can even go into gallery view, maybe, and like watch some of the other participants sing along with you so that we can be, as best as we can, virtually singing in community, which is what we're going to be talking about today and why it's so important. So I'll give you one more little bit of round of this musical turnaround to consider if you might want to open up a video or two and sing with us. And let's try this little mantra one more time. Here it comes. to inhale, exhale, I've got the energy to sing, 
for singing along. I hope you guys had a little bit of fun with that. I'm putting myself on gallery view too so I can see you all. Look at all the people we've got. And so it's nice to sing together. Now, some of you guys think, well, let's sing like Lean On Me, something that we all know. But I also wanted to share that that song's not just special for us today, but it's been a song that's been special to Kate and I, to our organization, Urban Voices Project, because it's a product of what we do. And uh, now I get to tell you about what we do. Um, so Kate, chime in at any point, but I'm going to kind of just move along and say Kate and I are part of Urban Voices Project, which we are a nonprofit organization from, we founded six years ago in, in Skid Row, and uh, we started by bringing music uh, or activating the music that's already in that community, working with men, women, and families surviving homelessness. And we decided, and not, we didn't decide, we discovered how powerful and meaningful it was to bring community singing um, in, into everyone's daily life as much as possible to help them through the hardships of suffering from homelessness. And a lot of people here know that we're dealing with so much different trauma and other kind of work that we have to do. And what we found that music can peel away layers of was really, really powerful for us. So um, we... I'm going to make sure I'm staying focused, but I will say that we have uh, more information about just us in general if you ever want to go. I encourage you to make sure you check out our Instagram, Facebook, or website, urbanvoicesproject.org, to learn more about who we are and all of our programs. But I do want to say that one program that we found that we really fell in love with and we find is, is so powerful is something that we hope you guys can take home with you today, and that was a program we called Neighborhood Sing. And it focuses on... Um, it focuses on finding your voice. And that being said, Kate, before I show that slide about the, the three stages of finding voice, do you want to add anything? I'm just making sure I, you, you're always good at helping me pick up pieces that I happen to jump over. <laughs> uh, you're muted if you're adding it, if you're saying anything. We can't hear you. Oh, I get I get excited and I just start talking and I forget <laughs> the the Zoom protocol. Um, but I'm uh, Kate Richard Skeller and I've been working in a field of music therapy for many years, and uh, primarily I've been using um, uh, working as uh, the voice, you know, the voice in music therapy, the voice in developing relationships, therapeutic relationships. We've talked a lot about um, and Stephanie, you and I were were mentioning this. Um, uh, a, a week or so ago about uh, I started right away in my um, in my work to talk about singing as a personal and professional need so the idea that we can sing as as a way of um, uh, offering ourselves some personal growth in service of our professional um, work so so our professional development is is served by our personal growth that we can do through through singing and of course now uh, if anyone is shy about singing 
um, now is a really great time to explore that because we have <laughs> extra boundaries here with um, with Zoom, so we can have our microphones off and begin to explore this instrument, right? Because our, the instrument that we use in our relationships, in our work, uh, it lives in us. And whether we're talking or singing or listening, this, this is the instrument. So what Leah and I are gonna be exploring with you today is ways for musicians and non-musicians to be using singing and songwriting uh, as a way to, um, to deepen our rapport uh, with our, uh, our whether you speak of people as participants or clients or patients, um, we're working with each other. And the idea of just using singing and um, the body as an instrument as a way uh, to settle ourselves, it, it makes us uh, better listeners um, as well. So I just wanted to bring you know, some of those concepts in. So we're gonna be talking about and sharing with you what we do and always looking into ways that you can apply this uh, to what you do. Um, we've been uh, situated in the Wesley Health Clinic in Skid Row, right on the corner of 5th and San Pedro in downtown, if you know where that is. And it's, uh, it could be um, a very tough area. And the people that walk in are walking in right off the streets many times. And um, so we've always planned for our programs to be that way. But some of the best things about, you know, when you're, as many of you guys know and have firsthand experience with knowing the people that have gone through this, you've gone through tons of either a lifetime of trauma or at least a spiraling emotional trauma of several months or years before you found yourself on the street. And so by the first day you're, you're homeless, you're already swimming in it. And then, of course, you get traumatized and PTSD just from five days from being, you know, spending for yourself and figuring out where to go. And when people are working their way through our system, we, are, we as providers, I think, are working constantly to make sure that people don't feel like a number. And I think that no matter what we can do, I think healthcare, mental health, social services, uh, just because of the overwhelming impact we have, it's, it's gonna sometimes, and, and of course the red tape we all have to navigate, it sometimes always makes people feel a little bit like they're a number when they're the participant, when they're being treated. And I think that when you can, if you just take a minute and visualize that a client steps into the lobby of a clinic who already has all the stigmas about going to a clinic and going to a hospital and that, that's going to already be informing their, their, their judgment. But then when they walk in the lobby, they hear singing. Just picture how that changes everything just from that moment they step through the door. And that person can hear singing in the next room next to the lobby and asks, what's going on? They say, do you want to find out? Come on in. There's this open invitation. It doesn't need a prescription. It just brings you in with whoever you are, meeting you wherever you're at. And that is why we believe that community singing and music and art in general helps to motivate people through what they always feel like is being just a number in a system. It, it actually is going to hold their hand through it. Um, so I'm going to just share a little bit from this uh, slide about what I think is really special about the Neighborhood Sing program that we've done and that we want to share with you and that uh, we wanted to share the successes of it with you is that people come in and they're stepping into that space. They are asked to sing almost immediately. I mean, they're not, of course, it's always like uh, optional opt-in, but, but their voice, their individual voice, which has been feeling so invisible and oppressed, for ages, feeling like they have not been heard, 
in just seconds is brought to a microphone and brought to the stage, literally for them to fill the room with their voice. And we're finding that people who have been feeling so ignored for such a long time, when they can literally add their voice, whether it be solo or if there's someone who is not interested in solo, but, but they have a safety in numbers, their voice is contributing to this circle of people that are just going for a very simple goal of making music and, and everything else that music brings. So people are finding their individual voice sometimes from their very first visit. And then what's beautiful is if they keep coming, when you do singing in community versus like an open mic style where it's one at a time or American Idol where it's all about com almost competitive, but when you, when you sing in community together, you have to listen. You have to listen and you have to listen. What we say all the time is listen louder than you sing. Um, what that means is you have to find your voice in relationship to others. You have to learn how to blend and singing. Community singing is one of the few functions. It's literally working both brain, sides of your brain at the same time because you're creating vibration at the same time while listening and receiving vibration and in real time have to balance that out. And then finally, as that develops, it starts to exponentially grow into helping people finding their voice, not just in relationship to others in the room, but then how they actually serve into a larger community. And when they start becoming regular participants of, of art and music, and in this case of community singing, we're finding that our members have found a stronger ownership of community, a, a feeling of purpose and a sense of purpose Imagine if every hospital clinic, every shelter, every office had that music room right off to the side. And that's a little bit of what we're feeling like we do as an organization with our programs, but also we hope that you guys can all start rethinking or if you've already been down this line, give you more tools of thinking to, to bring music and bring art into the way you incorporate and interconnect the fabric of everything that serves your patients, your clients, your participants. So um, that being said, I'm going to lead you guys into uh, that listen louder than you sing idea, which is really hard to do <laughs> with Zoom. Uh, oopsies. So uh, sorry, I'm going wrong way here and I can't control my slides for some reason. There we go. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to ask you to first to sigh, okay? So I'm gonna stop sharing screen and go back to gallery view because I like, I really like seeing your faces. And again, I'll keep encouraging you guys to join when you feel safe to do so. Uh, don't feel pressured, but um, at this moment, we're gonna take a little exercise of sighing together. Uh, how many times a day does people here let out a sigh? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll put a little bit of background music while I'm leading us in this, but it's just there for vibe, okay? So if you guys don't mind, take a nice big breath in and sigh. Good, very good. I'm proud of you, every single one of you. Just a little simple task, a little simple accomplishment for just a moment. Take another big breath in for four counts. Sigh even bigger. I want you to do it one more time. And this time, look around this virtual room for a second. See these faces that are sharing the space with you, this little community that we've created. And see if you can kind of capture everyone's sigh. Are you guys ready? Take a nice big breath in. And sigh. 
Now, I'm going to ask you this important prompt question. What emotion was in that sigh that you just took? And if you don't mind, if you're feeling brave, I'd like you to even type in just that simple answer, whether it's a one word answer or a short moment, a short thought into the chat box. I'll play for about 10 to 15 seconds while you think about what emotion was in that sigh that you just took. Look at the chat box, everyone. What do you see? A lot of release, anticipation, freedom, hurt, pain, my client's pain. I think that we can agree that there are multiple emotions here, not one dimension. Now, what was maybe a, an emotion that you've had in a sigh before? It doesn't have to be that sigh that you just had, but what else are we missing here? What's, what could be added to this list? Where else can sighs come into our lives? What else? Throw it out there. I'm thinking frust frustration, beautiful, disappointment, joy, hurt, exhaustion. Grief is one of the ones I've had. Fulfillment, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. The point is a sigh is whatever emotion you need it to be. So this simple expression of vibration, of breath, is actually doing for you whatever you need it to do. I want you to now take a second and think about that. What emotion, what medicine, what do you need right now? Take that into your breath and sigh it out. And I actually encourage you to make it what I call a vocalized sigh, meaning it's not just, but it's, ah, it's got the voice in there. So let's try that together. Four counts, breathing, breathing together. Here we go. One, two, three, vocalize that sigh. Again, four counts, breathe in. Even bigger this time. Make this last one really fill up the room, wake up your neighbors, and sigh it out. And then ask yourself, was the emotion of that sigh the same as the one you just did with the beginning of this exercise? Did it change? Did it amplify? There's no right or wrong answer. The point is that vibration channeled whatever it is that you are and that you need. Now I'm gonna ask you to do something with this side. I'm gonna ask you to sustain this side for four counts. See how we're using time? Three, four, one, like that. So I want you guys to sigh vocalized for four counts. 
but do me a favor as I'm guiding you through this exercise, don't lose sight of why you're sighing. Don't lose sight of what it is that you need. Take that moment to think about it, and here we go. You guys ready? Breathe in, four counts. Sigh for four, and That was good. You guys ready? We're gonna do it again. You're gonna sigh for eight this time. You're like, okay, do I have that much breath? I, ble I bet you do. Take a breath in for four. Here it comes, and for eight, and ha! Raise your hand if you made it all the way through without lo losing your breath. Did you guys make it? Good. Okay, good. Here's the challenge, 16, we're on, let's do it. <laughs> what? Actually, take a second to think, how are you gonna make it through 16 counts of sighing? How are you gonna change the amount of breath you release? the volume that you release, the intensity. How are you going to sustain your breath and sustain your sigh, sustain your voice? Let's try it. Breathe in for four and 16 and Make it through anybody here who made it raise your hand if you didn't make it you made it to any they make it to 12 you made it to nine anybody make it two beats two beats good job all right <laughs> like it's not a competition it's just taking a second to think about how you had to hold that out you held it out through vibrating and i hate to surprise you guys but you actually held it out through singing so and for some of us, you did it through yoga. <laughs> I want to change your mind about singing. For those that maybe you don't relate to singing, you never thought of yourself as a singer, you're one of those invisible voices that I'd like to change as of this moment forward. And I want you to, instead of sighing for 16 counts, I want to ask you to sing that sigh for 16 counts. Breathe in. Sing whatever you want. Wow. Some of you guys were like, I don't know if that sounded good. That's not the point. As a matter of fact, I'd like to strip that away from your thinking right now. <laughs> so much better than me. I won't sound very good on this next one. Just go for it. One more time. Breathing in. Make it all the way through if you can. 16 counts. Breathe in a little bit more. Breathe in a little bit more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, that sounded a lot less good uh, <laughs> from my point, because I want to show you that singing is not about, it sounds good. It's about you taking a little bit of that musical medicine. You sitting inside of that sigh 
that is carrying the emotion that you feel. Imagine the people that are walking off the street, walking out of hell, walking out of pain, having a space that's literally asking them to express their voice, express their feeling, and not asking them to change their feeling, but just giving them a space to hold that feeling for 16 counts, for the length of a song, for the length of one hour of community singing. Congratulations, everyone. You just sang. I pass it over to Kate. Thank you. <clears throat> Before we go too far um, in another direction, though, I want to, we're going to ease into another um, bit, but I want to ask you, Liav, about the, uh, if I'm not, uh, if I don't know how to play the piano, if I don't know um, about those kind of musical things, what can I do to create that time frame um, for people to do this with someone? Um, how can I help them to hold, um, hold that time together with me? How can we, how can we do that? If you're asking me, First of all, I want you guys to know playing an instrument is not part of the equation. It's a nice fluffy icing to the cake, but there's so many ways you can hold space without being what you consider a musician or an instrumentalist. And you can find how many people here in this space go and create a playlist for themselves. You are an artist, just the fact that you've curated a playlist for yourself. How easy would it be to go find some music that maybe it's like calmer music or maybe it's music that is really easy to go along to. It's whether it's electronic or whether it's acoustic, whether it's classical, but something that you just go and you listen to thinking in that as you hunt and as you curate that playlist, like, is this song something I can maybe sing along to and hum to in that, those ways using those exercises that I was, was you know, learning or whatever. Um, is this you know suitable for breathing exercises i'll tell you a thousand times there's so many of them and spotify youtube whatever you go find you can find a thousand recordings that would be beautiful canvases for breathing mm -hmm. exercises intentionality exercises humming vibration getting the body going and that's just step one i mean i could go down more but let's just start with that maybe think about building your playlist your playlist to do these exercises with over the next couple weeks and something that you can share with, live with your clients, even online virtually, or something you can just send to them to, to explore on their own time mm -hmm. with those ideas in mind. Exactly. Cause I, I noticed that too. Like if I just have a, um, some playlists, some songs on my phone or on an iPad, um, and then <clears throat> I have them in categories, you know, of songs we can move to, uh, songs we can breathe to, uh, and things like that, that you have right there. If we, if we soften the environment a little bit, then it makes it easier for people to be willing to make noise and get increasingly louder and more expressive in it. So just giving yourself that tool. And we find with, with Zoom, now we're doing a lot of telehealth, right? So we're doing a lot of our sessions online. Just having this uh, with a little, you know, with a little speaker, you know, like this or, or something that if your phone has a good enough sound in itself, you can just play the, th play the music in the space you're in and then they will hear it and you'll be entering their space as well. So just always, always sensitive to that. Uh, what, what tools you have already 
and, and how to use them. Um, so what I want to move into next, I, I do, uh, I, I work as music wellness director. So I, I'm always looking at ways for the folks that come in um, and work with us, whether they come into the Zoom room or sometimes they're visiting us on Facebook Live, sometimes, you know, before, you know, in the clinic, they were coming into the room. I want to give them some, th some things that they can do without having any instruments also, or some of them don't have even a phone. <clears throat> so I'm moving um, back into the body and ways that we can use the body as an instrument um, and using the elements of music to change our minds. And when we change our minds, then we change our bodies. Or we change our bodies, we change our minds. That whole system um, of nervous system, uh, the music really works well. Uh, with our nervous system to help us to settle. So I'm going to just take <clears throat> some time right now and just ask you whether you're sitting or standing to just do some gentle, gentle shakes and bounces, depending on your level of activity that you've already had today. Now listen, I'm already starting to yawn. <sighs> the minute I start, I start to yawn. I'm starting to get um, goosebumps. I'm starting to realize there's a little bit more saliva in my mouth my eyes are starting to water these are all physical signals to me that i'm starting to settle my nervous system maybe i was already in freeze and i'm going to be moving uh down the scale into fight or flight um, I, I might have to move through some emotions uh, to get to a place that's more like social, um, social nervous system that makes me feel easy and comfortable and connected Gentle shakes and bounces do that. So I'm moving my, I'm bending my knees if I'm standing up. If I'm sitting down, I'm wiggling on my chair. I'm noticing my sits bones and I'm still gonna yawn. So if you catch my yawn, ride it out like a wave, a continuation of the sigh. <sighs> no one's here. So they don't care if I'm polite or not, right? Not in my, in, not in my room. You can yawn as wide as you want. Get your arms involved. All right, so unlocking my hinges. The hinges are where we hold a lot of tension and maybe even trauma, right? So I'm unlocking my knees, which unlocks my ankles and hips, wagging the tail moving the spine in all the ways that the spine can move. Right away, we start to notice some space opening up and some flow. Moving my spine gets my rib cage to unlock. Rib cage encourages the shoulders and elbows and wrists and hands. Imagine your hands are wet and you're shaking them off. Back up to the neck, freeing the neck, whatever that means following the spine all the way up to this place between the ears behind the roof of the mouth <sighs> unlocking the jaw <laughs> and lifting the crown of the head towards the ceiling <sighs> and scanning back down to feeling the feet on the floor and or the body on the chair. Gentle, gentle shakes and bounces. Noticing what you notice. And then pause. 
and notice what you notice. Now you've often put one hand around my heart and one hand around my belly. Noticing where the body opens to receive the breath. And how it settles back down on the exhale. The body knows how to breathe. We don't really have to control it. We can. And, and often we talk about singing as controlled breathing. But if we just let the body breathe, let's, let's be curious about how it's doing that. Think of a couple of adjectives that you might use to describe your breathing right now. Is it shallow? Is it full? Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it up in the shoulders or right around the, where the chest, where the hand, one hand is? Or do you feel it actually? Do you feel it actually, move back a little bit to show you, do you feel it actually down here? And then the lower part of the ribs, the ribs go all the way down here. The lungs are all the way down here, going down. If you really can um, get down there, they, you could feel your rib cage actually going down and to the, in the back and to the sides. Where is the body breathing right now? I mean, this is our instrument. This is what we bring into the room. This is what we bring into the session. And settling in, connecting with our own selves makes us more available and actually helps us to create better boundaries. We know where, where uh, the other ends and where we begin. And just a simple, gentle shake and bounce can help us in that process, right? And now we're gonna move in a little bit to this concept of being versus doing, right? And so what I'm gonna invite us to do is to be in the breath, be in the tone, and focus the attention a bit on the vibration of the voice in the body. I said, bring the attention a bit. I don't mean a bit, bring your entire attention to the experience of the vibration of the voice in the body. We're going to do some very simple humming. And so um, here's, uh, here's, the, here's the, the, um, the process of it, the exercise. So we'll, have, we'll exhale first, then inhale with the imagery of smelling the flowers, which just that imagery itself will invite a deeper, fuller breath in. And imagery is so important, right? Someone mentioned before pictures of babies. Boom, pictures of babies, oxytocin. It'll happen right away, right? <laughs> we can create this uh, in, our, um, in our practices this way as well. So breathing in smell the flowers gives us a, uh, automatically the body knows how to breathe more deeply. I'm gonna breathe in there and then we're gonna hum. Hum in the middle of your voice where you speak, maybe higher, maybe lower doesn't really matter, but just notice what happens with the vibration of the voice in the body when we hum. So when in doubt, breathe out, smell the flowers, and hum. When you get to the end of your breath, Smell the flowers again. We're going to do it three times. When you get to the end of the breath, 
smell the flowers. And pause. Little gentle shakes and bounces. Notice what you notice. Notice what you notice. Did anybody raise your hand um, if you if you felt the vibration of the voice in the body? All right. Notice in the in the focusing of the mind on the vibration of the voice in the body. How many people um, for how many people did the to do list disappear? Were you able to quiet down? the activity level of the mind simply by focusing on the vibration of the voice in the body right beautiful all right next one is um the same activity but instead of just humming we're going to hum and chew and you'll see uh, and notice and feel how that changes the way the vibration plays around in the body all right so when in doubt breathe out <sighs> smell the flowers Hum and chew. All right, so this can sometimes present a challenge. A little bit of tingling, a little bit of tickling, and we're not supposed to touch our face, right? Now we're supposed to wash our hands and not touch our face. So you might have to take your shirt, which is not polite, but you might have to take your shirt and touch the places your nose and your mouth or, or a handkerchief um, where it gets tingly, but the tingly is very important. All right, next one uh, is the last one in this sequence. And this is a humming and settling activity. So we're humming and we're settling the nervous system in the meanwhile. So this one is hum and chew. And another image that we're gonna use is, uh, is this, riding the hum up and down the inside of the spine. So really we're just going from the bottom lowest thing, thing that you can sing to the highest thing that you can sing, but giving the imagery of riding up and down the inside of the spine brings our attention and gives us a mind body experience because this is where the mind and body is connected through the spinal cord, right? So it offers then um, uh, an intention and also a bit of uh, um, a uh, massage, an internal massage through the, through the tone itself. And it's just an interesting awareness to, to be thinking specifically about where, how the mind and the body connect. So when in doubt, breathe out, smell the flowers, hum and chew up and down the inside of the spine. Take a breath whenever you need to. Beautiful. Little gentle shakes, little bounces. And notice what you notice. Notice if anything has changed in your heart rate. Are you aware of your heart rate? 
Notice if anything's changed in the way that your body is breathing. Notice if there are any changes in the temperature of your body. And the activity level again of the mind. Notice any emotions. And also notice socially, relationship-wise, how are you feeling in the room uh, with, with the Zoom room right now or in the room with others around you? This is a really simple way of, of using music, long tones, melodies. If I'm doing it together with you, then you might be singing harmony with me, which is also a beautiful musical element that we could play with and you can play with with your, uh, your clients. <clears throat> We're looking at, at tools for resilience. We're looking at um, building, in fact, uh, increasing our capacity to tolerate intensity and difficult emotions just by doing a simple exercise like this. Beautiful. I feel like I want to check in with you, Leah, that I was going to, I could go into a simple chant or we could, um, to bring some rhythm in or <clears throat> uh, do you want to uh, speak about something? Um, I think it's related to this. Great. I, I, I just keep going back to this feeling about, um, you know, how when you when we're, we're working with the members of our programs, they come in and I think there's so much fear and, and concern about, you know, I, there's stigmas that, by the way, when I'm saying about my participants, I think anyone in this room could share these same sentiments about <laughs> fear of vulnerability, you know, and I think that, um, you know, even even the fact that you do something like this, like where you're doing shakes and bounces in a large group, to some might feel like it's really silly or it takes a lot of um, vulnerability to be able to do it. Um, even if you have your cameras off, you still might be sitting there self-conscious, even if nobody's watching you, you know? <laughs> and I think that I think that it's 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 something that has been really powerful to watch. Not only our participants of our programs get more and more comfortable with being vulnerable in a group setting. And that you know, the first time they come in or they go, sorry, I just noticed my voice is too low. The first time they go in, maybe they're not, you know, so quick to, to be able to jump into exercises and jump into things that feel that aren't part of that natural, you know, day to day, which feels like it might be a technical or, you know, stretching or exercise or vocal thing. But, um, but when you see someone coming regularly and starting to open up and every week they get a little bit more into it and they let their body go more and they just start to shed away a little bit of that self-consciousness, um, it's been really powerful. And so I want you to know that it's a shared feeling between anyone who's a human on this planet, whether you're a provider or whether you're a client, but we're all dealing with vulnerability. We're all dealing with self-consciousness I, I like to even go deeper and say that there are people who have felt like um, this isn't for me and, you know, music's not for me or art's not for me or it wasn't meant for me or I don't know if there was a voice in, in people's pasts that have said that, but 
the silliness that just happened in some of these exercises and that ability to just vibrate and make sound and to stop caring is the tools that we use to shed those <clears throat> stigmas away. Um, and it, again, it comes back to the unleashing your own voice, unleashing your voice in relationship to others and that vulnerability that we might have. And then hopefully, you know, relating that out to the bigger picture. And I always go into those three kind of stages of finding voice. So I just wanted to mention that, you know, that I know that exercises can feel like they're new or they're, we're not safe with them yet. But I just wanted to make sure for those that are coming along with us on this journey, that this is exactly what it's about is connecting to even that feeling of it being self-conscious and, and, and accepting it and going with it. I'm thinking about how also to, you know, to relate this to the, the therapeutic relationship and how in doing something specific, focusing so specifically like this, um, we're, we're cultivating intention uh, and, we're, and we're creating ritual by, by having a, a simple exercise like this. Um, and in doing so, we're establishing a safe space in which people can, um, can connect with us and, and I think about sometimes the musical language we use in relationship like resonance and attunement. You know, these are musical terms that we use, but that's really what we're doing. And if we can attune with ourselves, our own bodies and minds and feel the resonance of the voice in the body, then think how much more receptive we are, how much easier it will be to listen uh, as we walk together in a therapeutic relationship. And in building that, relationship through practices like this music really makes it easy for us to do that then we have you know we often have the ability to to deal with to deal together with and process um issues of intimacy and intensity and you know process these difficult emotions which pretty much everyone is going through right now <laughs> based on on the, what's happening in the world so well, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll do it. It's, it's a short one, but it's a short one, but just it's, it's sort of the next step of a practice like that, uh, which, can be, which is um, settling the nervous system and inviting a really simple chant that you can do, which is bringing a little bit of rhythm in, uh, which is simply this. Focusing inward, noticing, listening, focusing inward, Noticing, listening, focusing inward, noticing, listening. Focusing inward, noticing, listening, focusing inward, noticing, listening. Focusing inward, noticing, listening. One more. Focusing inward, noticing, listening. Focusing inward, noticing, listening. Focusing inward, noticing, listening. always um, offer a bit of rhythm, structure, time 
to ground us after doing long tone or vocal expression in that way. It helps people to uh, settle in. So simple, simple chant. The instruction is focus inward. Notice what you notice. Listen, what does your body need? Putting that into a chant, it allows us to actually be in it. I'll add some fun facts for you all. Did you know that right now, if you were tapping your heart along with us and chanting along with us, you were synchronizing your heartbeats with everybody right now, quite literally. Not only were you physically benefiting your body by things that you may or may not have heard before, like lowering your blood pressure when you sing, but one of the interesting things that was done in an actual scientific study, which we have some links that, um, that we'll share with you in part of the PowerPoint, that is that um, they actually noticed that people that were hooked up to heart monitors um, singing in a room together was actually able to synchronize their heartbeats, which makes a lot of sense if you think about it, because when you chant together, you're breathing in the same place together. And then when you add that to a physical beat, your vibration, the way it like completely resonates through your body is lining you up with your neighbors. And now more than ever, virtually, it's kind of a fun caveat to think about the fact that we're in a different part of the city or world and we're breathing different air at the moment, but we just all had our hearts line up for just that small moment. These little things that music can do, even across this virtual space, I think is fascinating ways to stay connected, to talk about, to explore. And I think that's really important. And I want to keep going back to exploring too. Um, you know, we're giving you guys like some examples of some warm-ups and tools that have to do with music that bring rhythm in. I mean, tapping your chest is so easy. In if someone feels like you don't have good time or, you know, you, someone criticized you when you were young, <laughs> again, peeling those layers away and being a little bit exploring your vulnerability with that. But, but um, you know, the best thing about Zoom latency with the fact that, you know, we can't ever really line up. If you start having a Zoom session with your client and you said, let's tap together, you could just blame it on Zoom. Um, <laughs> but the point is that you guys will be breathing together. And that's that rhythm just sets up again, as I typed in, I just was echoing what Kate was saying, but rhythm is another tool that creates ritual to create that safe space. Um, I, I'm going to go say with the exploration too is have fun with it and and take some of these tools and add your own ideas to these tools. Explore what might work for yourself. I'm going to share with you guys a video of our what we did with our choir group after we had to go virtual. And we had to brainstorm like how can we create this musical community for ourselves and the space even though we have for example these barriers of Zoom. So what we did was we did a song by Shana Taub called Still I Will Love. If you came to my um, session I did back in May, we sang a little bit of that song. Um, if you didn't, if this is your first time meeting me and Kate, um, then you'll get to introduce to the song right now. But we did it through Zoom. And I know that you guys probably aren't all, you know, doing choir director gigs on the side of your daily nine to five. But, but it helps to explore the, the curiosity and the creativity we might have to use, even in working with, whether you're working with group sessions or one-on-one -on -one sessions, of ways we can use movement and rhythm and art and vibration together to create a space that holds the way we bond and connect with um, each other. So here we go. I'm going to share my screen. Uh, 
It's called Still I Will Love by Shana Taub. And this is not all the members of our group, but this was a, a portion of them, but we took turns singing. But if you notice, there's also American Sign Language that we use to rhythmically connect us, even though that there's a Zoom latency. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. It's about a four minute piece. Here we go. On the heaviest day, on the bitterest night, still I will love, still I will love. When we're hungry and tired and we're in a fight, still I will love, still I will love. As we change, as we grow, as we ripen and rot. Still I will love, still I will love. When nothing turns out quite the way that we thought, still I will love, still I will love you. When I'm scared to lay bare all the pain in my chest, still I will love. Still I will love. And my bravest, my weakest, my worst and my best. Still I will love. Still I will love. our hair and our teeth and our mind. Still I will love. Still I will love. When the scenery falls. And I mess up my life. Still I will love. Still I will love you. When everyone screams, when they shatter our dreams, still I will love. Still when we're constantly blamed, the shame causes pain. Still I will love, still I will love. For I won't run, I will overcome. Still I will love, still I will love. For I will rise, rise above still i will love still i will love you i make a promise i make a vow to myself to you to everyone right now. When the world tries to tear us apart at the seams, when life makes it hard to keep chasing our dreams, when we're messy and weary and feeble when we don't have a clue what the future will hold. 
Still I will love, 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 still I will love you. Um, thanks for watching that. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, and I hope what you guys take away from it is that we had to be very creative in figuring out ways we can stay connected. Um, and that sign language was a special um, extra little piece of way to, to be musical, even without music, you know, but just through language. And it was, um, so I guess what we're showing is not only examples of what you might be able to pull music into your work that's not technically musical, but even how the work that you do can also create music and art in itself. It's kind of this relationship that we were able to create. Um, thank you guys for the feedback. I love that. Yeah, I do too. I, had, I also wanted to add two things. One, one is that um, listening to music or watching a video like this is also a beautiful way to talk about um, issues that are related uh, to the client's goals, right? So like looking together at something like this, where you can say, what did you notice? And what's, what, what you know, pulled at your heartstrings or um, these kind of things, listening and, and, and sharing music in, in, in this kind of way is a, is a beautiful intervention, the use of music in our therapeutic relationships. Um, and the other thing I wanted to tell you about was this concept of, uh, what comes next. It's, it's a beautiful um, tool, uh, intervention, to, a tool, a structure to use that, that was very well demonstrated here. Um, Leah was singing a couple of different lines because people were not present um, at that moment for the song, but um, the idea was someone sings a line and then someone else sings a line. And then what comes next and what comes next and what comes next. And it might be something like what we were doing with um, Rise Again. It might be each person has one line of the song, or it might be that you're creating a story together and everybody offers something for the whole like length of one breath and then it's the next person's turn. You know, you toss it to the next person. So these are different ways of, of using um, musical structures within the Zoom room. And uh, I was wondering how many people are working with groups right now? Is, is that happening at all? Can we get a show of hands or, you know, raise your hand or, or do the reaction? Or some reaction in the chat box. Some reaction <laughs> in the chat box. So it's a lot of one-on-one -on -one that people right. are working with. But that's also possible too, in, 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 in like sort of the way Liav and I are doing right now. Well, I'll say, I'll say something and then he'll say something. So you can actually set up a structure in which maybe there are prompts or things, you know, and someone speaks something and then you speak what, what comes next and then what comes next and then what comes next. Zoom, it works really nicely that way. Yeah, I think that, um, that finally, uh, you know, collaboration between who you're working with and yourself is so special. And when you use music, it gives you this blank canvas of songwriting, for example, of being able to 
create lines, ask people to bring in their intentionalities and just throw that into a line. It doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to sound good. The syntax doesn't have to be there with the right emphasis on the, or emphasis with the right syllable, you know, but, <laughs> but the point is that you can create this contract that create this, this metaphorical contract that you you and your client and, or your person you're working with is, is creating this ownership on something co together collaboratively. It helps remember how music can be the greatest equalizer. Sometimes you'll find that you might even have people who are your participants that are like much stronger. I don't want to even use the term stronger, but let's just say much more experienced with music than you are. Um, and I think that we probably see that a lot where music may, maybe means so much to them and you feel like it's not exactly always been your personal strength. And then you're like, how do I use it? But I think that that's even better because then it's only humanizing the experience between you and your client even more so and pulling them in and, and letting them use their leadership in a subject to guide a songwriting experience with you that describes their you know kind of way that they're journaling their progress um, in their work that they're doing for themselves I mean can you just imagine writing your own chant that you guys do together and then if you were to do it ritually at every time you guys met up it would be something that connects and, and strengthens the foundations of the work you're trying to do. Um, and just really getting some buy-in from the clients to, to follow through and work through the work is, is the same with us too. We've been, a matter of fact, just this morning we had a meeting with our board and we looked over the, the results of an evaluation that was focused on the social determinants of health because we have a program that's at the MLK, uh, Martin Luther King Hospital Recu Recuperation Program. And we were trying to see if these community singing workshops that we had there was making a positive effect. And we were finding that most, you know, a, a big and long-term goal is to see, does it not only keep them more motivated, but is it quite literally helping them show up to their appointments more regularly? Um, you know, looking forward to their next appointment versus dreading it, helping them keep track of their prescriptions and, and finding that ec extra sense of purpose that helps you kind of take res more responsibility for your, your own self-health and, and wellness. Um, and we're finding that it was, the evaluations were coming out very positive. We're only halfway through and then COVID messed up a lot. But, <laughs> but uh, so I'm just saying that th these are, these are, things that we're connecting. I love I love hearing from you guys too, by the way. Keep sharing these thoughts and stories. Anahid says, my client taught me to play a song he wrote on the guitar. It was a beautiful rapport building experience. Uh, please, if you have more, and then Juanita says, I'm trying to bring healing music to the Zoom space with the young ladies in the Princess to Queen mentoring program at Locke High School. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, that's Thank you for sharing that. And if other people are, have had any experiences with music already that they both were proud of or things that were new to them and they, it was, they were unsure of, anything you want to share, go, keep dropping it in the chat and we'll, we'll, we'll make it part of the, and we'll be able to address it. Um, this, is, um, this is kind of a nice, uh, you know, sort of lead back into um, Rise Again. Uh, and, and looking at the different, you know, sort of psychological significance, the, the, um, the synchrony, the, um, uh, hold on a second, my screen just changed. Um, the synchrony, the sense of belonging that we can create in, in a musical scenario like this. Um, so when we, when we look at something like Rise Again, I'm pointing over here because I have it, the music there, um, but a song like Rise Again, 
uh, that we did at the very beginning is, uh, is, is an interesting and, and actually quite uh, easy way uh, to create a songwriting experience. So we've taken into consideration a lot of the elements that we've just done. And I just, before I go further, I want to say again that the idea, for instance, that you're just talking about, about um, listening or t being taught a song that someone else wrote, that level, that level of listening and just being present in the moment and not doing something or trying to figure out how this relates, just being present in that moment when someone is sharing their music with you, that's enormous in terms of, um, of, of a, creating a holding space. Um, and music, again, allows us to do that. Um, I want to say that I, I spoke the other day to the facilitator who was um, part of the session where Rise Again um, was written. She was um, facilitating a neighborhood sing uh, at Wesley Health Clinic. Um, and she invited people to say what say words about what it is that that they they needed to, to think of nouns that described what they needed that day uh, and people said patience energy strength you know similar to what we did earlier with the chat box um, and then and then she asked them to um, to go a little bit uh, further with it uh, narrow down uh, a little bit more and say patience for what? Energy for what? Strength for what? And then in the meantime, um, because the music was their, their modality at that moment, um, Kao was at the, at the keyboard and he was creating s some chords the way Liav was doing earlier. And Lauren began to put uh, melody lines to the words that were being offered. And so it was a completely collaborative effort to write this song, which has now become an anthem really for, for Urban Voices Project. So this, these simple, simple structures by getting input from, um, from the group uh, or the participants, and then you know, creating a musical structure around it, this is, this is exactly what um, what we did with this song and what we want to be able to share with you how to do. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I know we're kind of going into our, uh, we're, we're, we're so excited about all of this, if you couldn't tell. Um, but, you know, I liked, and, and I wanted to go into another tool. So you've been hearing, to kind of like wrap up that tool, just the idea of songwriting together and taking intentionality and writing them is really powerful. But here's an exercise that it might be something you can do over Zoom. And uh, we have it as a take home, um, what do you call it, flyer, like a, a, a exercise. Handout. Handout, yeah. thank you. My, my English is not, I sing better than I speak. Um, but the point is that it's a partner exercise, which will be really good for a lot of those that are working one-on-one. -on -one. And what's beautiful about it is that you don't have, neither one of you have to take the lead on writing and bringing the intention to the space in writing um, because it it plays and um, it's a th something that I called partnered I don't know if I, I didn't create it it was actually an old drama exercise called partnered list mirrored partner mirrored listening um, but the point of it is to listen to each other without any kind of and necess necessary steps beyond just your listening to each other and I'm going to basically, 
Kate, I'm going to see if I could experiment with this with you as my demo partner for a second, okay? Sure. Um, but I'm going to, Stephanie, I know we had to pause the share screen for a second, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm going to see if I can do it again or not. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll just, I'll just read it. I'll just put it in, into like the chat box for now for just a second. But um, here's the, it goes in the chat box for everybody. Just kind of like some simple steps of this exercise. <laughs> but what it is is you could you could use a poem, you could use a pre-written thing. But but what's really powerful is when you're improvising on the spot, and you're asking someone to um, share their narrative. And Kate can share a couple sentences of what her day was like or what her week was like. Then I can share a couple sentences of what my week was like. And the trick is this, is Kate, are you ready? I want you to share what your week was like and I'm going to share what my week was like and we're going to go exactly at the same time. I'm going to count down three, two, one, share like one sentence, okay, about what your weekend was like. And we're going to start exactly at the same time. Everybody, let's see if you can, you see what happens. Kate, are you ready? I am. Okay. Three, two, one. First, I Early went in the morning, to Morro Bay and I, and went, I went to go with my girlfriend. Out for a walk around the block. And then I went to go marry a turtle in the yard playing in the room where, in the front yard of this house. And then I continued around. <laughs> then we'll stop for just a second. So, first of all, could anybody catch either one of our stories? <laughs> Kate, here's now. Now, if you're just partners, Kate, did you catch any? I mean, granted, I, I was going to say you, the same thing. What Stephanie wrote, I was going to. I heard Moro Bay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have to be honest. I didn't really capture a lot of what you said. I think I heard you say, and then I went around, like, and then that's it. Um, and so the point here is, we were talking at the same time. You couldn't really hear each other, right? So. Kate, can you just say really quickly what that wrap-up of your, your story was one at a time now? So you go, and then I'll go, and then I'll see if I can remember and speak back to you what you said, and then, and then you can go and see if you can remember what I said and speak back. You ready? Go ahead, Kate. You start. Every morning I would get up and go out for a walk, and then around the corner there was there's a turtle who lives in the front yard of someone's house, and the turtle is often out and I, I will sit there and talk to the turtle and then continue around the block and noticing all the plants uh, and interesting things that people have in their yards. Okay, perfect. Um, I'll go with my story. Uh, I went to Morro Bay to celebrate a four-year anniversary with my partner and then continued up to Northern California to go marry my best friend to my other best friend by the Russian River up in Northern California. Um, Okay, we'll pause there. That's our little weekend stories. The question is, can you remember anything from my story and say it back to me? And can I remember anything from your story? And those that were listening, could you capture, could you recall what was just communicated? Can you recall the stories yourselves? So what was Kate's story? Kate's story was um, every morning you get up and you encounter a turtle that was in part of the neighbor's yard or in front of the neighbor's yard. And you would continue to walk around and experience the plants and the nature. Right? I mean, that wasn't the perfect mm -hmm. word for word verbatim, but I can still understand the sense. Did you capture um, more of what my story was? Um, that you went up to Morro Bay to celebrate an anniversary with your partner, and then you continued up north 
something about Russian River and a wedding. Right. Good job. <laughs> we we were able to listen to each other much better when we weren't talking over each other. Everyone see that, right? Now, you must think this is obvious, but let's go to the next level right now. Now, Kate and I are not going to share each other's story as they were factually. We're going to make up a story together. We're going to do it exactly at the same time. We're going to do it by leaning into our cameras and watching very closely on the screen to see if we can follow each other. Now, Zoom has latency, but, but we're going to just do our best and not worry about the latency. And Kate, we're going to make a story about something that happened over the weekend, okay? Um, we'll go for a few moments here and see how well we do. We have really? no idea what we're about to say. We're just going to look at each other and try to say the exact words at the exact same time. Uh, at, we're making it up, so this is totally, okay. All right, three, two, one. Then. This weekend. My, my brother. <laughs> it's hard to do it on Zoom. <laughs> it was working though, but the, the but point was. we were able to create something nonsensical. But what changed about the way Kate and I were listening to each other? From what changed from the first time when we were talking over each other? What changed from the time we were actually going and telling each other's story one at a time? And what changed to when we were trying to create story at, at the same time? That's my questions for you all. Did, let me ask you first. When we were talking at each other, did you guys notice anything going on with the way we made eye contact with the camera or how we looked around the room? What was going on with our body language? What was going on with the way we were listening, quite literally? Anybody recall anything? I'll, I'll say, Kate, and type them into the chat if you can. I noticed that when I had to talk over you, I looked away from you. When I had to talk over you, I specifically actually looked around the room um, also, I was trying very hard to literally talk over you, distracted from one another, Jessica. Absolutely. What about you, Kate? Did you notice anything when, you were, when we had to talk at the same time? What was going on with your level of listening? Yeah, I also had to sort of shut it out um, so that I could stay on my track. Because when I listened to you, then it threw me off. Right, right. And then the next level, when we are taking turns listening to each other what changes in the way we communicate and the way our, we listen to each other mm -hmm. um, yes Angela I noticed that too I, I, I became more still and more focused um, when I was listening to try to remember right but I was also not only was I listening to try to remember but I noticed that I was focusing so much on trying to recall my story, I was so focused still inward on what my story is that even though I knew you were listening, when I was talking, I was not engaged with you. I was mm -hmm. still telling my story. I felt listened to more. Definitely I felt more listened to, but I don't feel like it was this strong level of engagement where I was like focusing on you. I was focusing, I was like, how am I gonna say these series of words that make up my story? What about you? Did, you were, yes, you just was, commented on how you were listening. What about commenting on what you were thinking while you were speaking? 
Yeah, I wasn't thinking about you when I was speaking. I was until until the last time. And so, ladies and gentlemen, my point is that when we are when we were finally trying to make a story up together at the same time, which was, yes, created a nonsensical product because the product is not what mattered, but the gesture of listening and vibrating and sharing each other that moment at the same time, how did we change the way we communicated, even through Zoom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see Juanita says, when you're talking at each other, I noticed that you were in your own zones, but when you had to tell a story together, you were more focused on each other trying to blend to, uh, so you could blend together. It was more of a politeness added to the conversation. And yeah. Anahit said you were both leaning forward to hear better, moving your bodies more when talking at the same time, Angela said. I definitely feel like um, at the end when we were trying to talk at the same time, like really synchronized, nice. not only did I lean in so much closer, but I was so much more focused on your facial features. I was watching the emotions in your face. I was watching the, every you know, bit of, of what was happening. And my question for everyone today is, you know, do you do that on a regular basis when you're talking and listening in any relationship? Mm-hmm. When you try to create sound at the same time, and in this case, in a more structured and less nonsensical sense, but when you sing together, it's a different level of listening, a different level of connection and bond, a different nev- level of of actually being present to the person you're with. So whether you're doing it in a group setting or whether you're doing it one-on-one, I want you to just take a moment to see how an exercise like this that you can actually implement just like we did right now with each other, you, I'll, I'll, the handout we're going to share with you tells you how to implement that exercise of step one, step two, and step three. And for extra bonus, but running out of time, you can try to create a story and add melody. So your voice, your melody has to try to match pitch if you can. Or you both, and then we go, this weekend we went to, and it's just total mess, but it's hilariously fun. Um, and, and change the relationship of how we're feeling heard, how we're feeling listened to, how we are listening to others, and how it shows in our body and our minds and with our intentionality. Um, and that's what, that's what community singing is. And what, it's just a small example of how music and listening, or music enhances our listening. And doing it in community together in collaboration is strengthening the bond of, of, of from human to human. Um, so and I'd like gonna... to take, yeah, I'd like to take all of those things. We have about three minutes left. Uh, I'd like to take all of those concepts that we've just been learning and invite you to bring them all into the moment uh, of where you are right now. And Liav, I want to, I'd like to teach the movements to rise again. And yeah. then, um, and then in, invite all of you um, with your videos on or with your videos off to join us in that. And imagine bringing this into a, a, a group that you're doing or into a, uh, um, even into an in, in individual session, knowing that you just, imagining that you've just asked the participants that you're working with for these words and for these phrases and what it is that they need. And now you're putting it together into movements and rhythm and melody and how, and singing it at the same time. And how does that, uh, how does, how does that impact the relationship? Um, so I've got the patience, our hands go here. Inhale, 
exhale. Okay, patience. Inhale, exhale. Energy to sing. Energy to sing. I've got the strength. Strength to keep on going. So I can rise again. And now the heavy lifting. Rise again. All right, let's put it all together. I've got the patience to inhale, exhale. I've got the energy to sing. I've got the strength to keep on going so I can rise again. Rise again. Leah, why don't you take it so you can be in, in time with your uh, keyboard. Okay, but to finish up, we need a little bit of a touch step with everybody. So can I see a little bit of a lean to the left and a snap? Come on. There you go. Put that energy in me. There okay. So uh, I will uh, say let's end with some singing today. So I'll say a final thank you from me and Kate. And also make sure to check us out at Urban Voices Project. Um, wherever you can find anything about anything on the internet, you'll find us. You guys ready? Let's sing. I've got the patience to inhale, exhale. I've got the energy to sing. I've got the strength to keep on going so I can rise. much to UCLA. Um, Stephanie and your team, Joe, everybody, thanks for having us. Um, I hope we get to see you guys all again in person or online, but I hope you guys take some of these tools with you home and sing a little bit today, whether you're on Zoom or not. <laughs> um, how about one more before I let you go? You guys ready? Everybody open your cameras. Let's have some fun. I've got the patience Thank you, everybody.